Uh, the Diamonds travelling along very, very nicely at the moment in the Netball World Cup over in Cape Town. It's World Cups galore at the moment. 2023, certainly the year for it. Australia set to play Malawi at 5 o'clock WA time. Looking forward to the game. Joining us down the line this afternoon, we're in the morning where she is because she is live from Cape Town, is sports journalist for ABC, Brittany Carter. Brittany, welcome back to the program. Thanks for having me. Thank you very much for taking the time. Um, how are you finding it so far over in Cape Town? The Diamonds, they've been really dominant and uh, they'll be looking to go through to the semis, you'd have to feel. Yeah, absolutely. They haven't really been troubled so far and the times that they have been challenged, teams have sort of stuck with them for the first quarter and then definitely dropped off for the last three quarters of the game. So, yeah, it, it's been interesting because obviously in their first few preliminary matches, they've come up against teams that are ranked much lower than them in the world. And so we expect to win these games without sa- sounding too arrogant um, just because of the systems and the profes- professionalization we have of our game here um, in Australia. But yeah, I think there's still things that we can take out of those games in a few little hints that Stacey Marinkovic is giving us about the type of style of netball that she wants the Diamonds to play here. So lots to take from it. But the African fans, I have to say, have been amazing. They just hit different. Like watching mm-hmm. them watch their own team, um, the South African Proteas, has been amazing. And just the way they chant and sing and they're out of their seats for the majority of the game. I just don't think we have that same type of energy here in Australia. So it's been wonderful to sort of engage with some of them and, and feel that atmosphere here. Do you think the coverage has, has been good enough? It, it's been, for mine, not the greatest. Uh, we do have a FIFA Women's World Cup taking place right here in Australia now. So I guess maybe it's taken away from it a little bit. Do you think the coverage has been good enough? No, <laughs> to put it bluntly. Um <laughs> You know, I'm covering every game here for the ABC and then doing some updates for TV as well. But there are plenty of journalists here that are working right across the world, um, some of them from Australia, and they're repeatedly saying how frustrated they are because they're pitching stories and getting knocked back. So I completely understand that the Ashes is happening right now and that's captivated much of the attention, as has the FIFA Women's World Cup, and the Matildas deserve that. Like, they're such an incredible team. So it's not to take away from any of that, but I think if the priority could shift slightly, just ever so slightly, back to Diamonds, who, you know, are expected to actually win this tournament. And I think there's this huge feel-good feeling about the Matildas and the fact that they obviously could get deep into the to the um, the tournament there. And, you know, I mean, I have everything crossed that they'll win, but it feels less likely than the Diamonds winning, if that makes sense. And I think something that doesn't help is to start these um preliminary stages they are playing teams that they're they're absolutely smashing Mm. so I think that doesn't help but there's not really another answer for that because those lower ranked teams need exposure to the top ranked teams to get better in time and so there has been some ideas floated by people as to how we make it I guess more competitive to begin with and captivate people's attention early on Um, such as like having like a top um, couple of teams that compete and then a a lower ranked teams division that compete but I think that's almost unfair to the lower ranked divisions because they deserve their time in the spotlight and they deserve their opportunity to play against the diamonds which probably would only come once every four years so 
at the World Cup. So, yeah, it's a really tough one. But I also think that the media could be doing way more to support the Diamonds. Um, and I, I guess that support will ramp up now that the Ashes is finished and we move to the pointy end of the competition and those matches will get harder and we'll face the likes of New Zealand, Jamaica, England in the next few days. But certainly I think that uh, as netball has done throughout history, it is fighting for coverage at the moment and that's mm. a real shame. How do we bridge the gap between the best teams like your Australia's, New Zealand's, England's, etc., and bridge the gap between those big countries and the lesser nations? Well, if you look at cricket, which I think is a great example, right, because we talk now about the women's ashes just having finished and talking about the gap closing between potentially one and two in the world there. So there's been a huge gap between the Australian women's cricket team and England and India, who, you know, are great teams in their own right for a long time. So I think even there, there's been a divide between top and bottom teams. But what is closing that gap now between even those top-ranked teams is when those players pop up in a WPL together or England or Indian players come to, say, Australia and play in the WBBL or they mingle in the 100 and everyone gets a look at what they're doing. And so those high-performance systems and leagues that are growing globally are helping to lift the standard of the game as a whole. And so Australia is now in a situation now in cricket where they're like, okay, how do we push ourselves out again because everyone is starting to gain momentum. Um, especially, you know, with Lanning not being there for that Ashes series, et cetera, et cetera. So with the retirements and moving on of some of those bigger players as the years go on, I think the Australian team will have to sort of battle again to, to keep its dominance. And so if you compare that then to, say, netball and the Diamonds, I think think the way that we're going to help grow the world game is to see some of these fantastic players here that are playing for lower ranked nations popping up in a super netball in a new zealand premiership in a uk super league that kind of thing and we've already seen that happen i mean jamaica um and uh what is it jamaica south africa as well as england have all grown immensely since being involved in super netball if you think about this year um, and the grand final that we had between the Swifts and the Thunderbirds, we had Helen Houseby, we had Romelda Aiken-George, we had Eleanor Cardwell all playing in that game, like the best game on the Australian netball calendar. And yet they bring those skills here to Cape Town and now all of a sudden there are five teams here that could contest the World Cup when in history it's really only been the Silver Ferns in Australia going at it for the title. So we're already seeing teams go around the world. It's just not really flowing down to those lower-ranked teams just yet. And certainly I've heard lots of interest in some uh, players from Malawi, Uganda. You know, there's been some real stars step up here for their lower-ranked countries. And so I hope I see those faces pop up in Super Netball in the years to come and then that helps their team and, and the world game. We're speaking to Brittany Carter uh, from Cape Town on Sports Drive this afternoon. So, Brittany, the Diamonds, uh, we've been talking about how well they've performed so far in the first few rounds. Great win against Zimbabwe, Tonga, Fiji and uh, Scotland, of course. Have you seen them so far and who have been some of the standout players? Yeah, well, the line I've been running with is that Stacey Marinkovic, their head coach, has an obsession with depth. So it, it very much feels like she won't rest until she has every single combination possible out of the 12 that she has. So um, we've seen a lot of combinations that we may not even see pop up in the bigger games, but she's just prepping and doing the early work to make sure that should something go wrong against 
Jamaica and New Zealand and England, she's got something up the sleeve that she can put into the game and I guess turn it on its head. And I think that's what we saw New Zealand do really well um, last World Cup and they sort of snuck up on us in, in that they didn't really show us who their top seven were or their settled lineup was back in Liverpool in that last World Cup until we reached the finals. And so I think there are a bit of mind games going on here. She doesn't want to give away who is the top dog in, in terms of who's getting a, a starting seven position. And when we asked her about it yesterday after the game against Scotland, she actually said the players don't know who's coming on at any given time. So yesterday she made 18 changes in a game. And it's it's funny because you look at the con- combinations that come on court and yeah there might be one or here that are a bit dodgy the rest of them are pretty seamless and sure there's been some turnovers probably a little bit of a higher count than we would see from the diamonds in any other international game but I think that's a result of you know from one quarter to the next a completely different seven sometimes playing and trying to get into the game so the amount of versatility we have is in this group is incredible and they're certainly hoping it will pay off once we get to the pointy end of the competition, whether it will is another uh, another thing to talk about because the Diamonds haven't had much time in camp prior to this World Cup starting. The Super Netball League started uh, finished up, sorry, about a month after New Zealand and England's domestic league. So the Silver Ferns, for instance, had three camps coming into the World Cup and we had just one. And so I think there's this sort of mixed thought about whether all of this versatility is going to be a good thing or whether perhaps we get to those later stages of the of the tournament and when she does settle on the combinations she wants, thinking, okay, have these combinations had enough time together mm. throughout the preliminary stages to then perform when it matters most? So I guess that's the discussion sort of floating around at the moment. In terms of the players that have been performing, Courtney Bruce has been absolutely outstanding she has performed in almost every game and uh, well has performed in every game sorry she's already got two player of the match awards and I think you know she would probably be up there for player of the tournament for diamonds for me as would Paige Hadley she has been so solid whether it's been a wing attack or center so those two certainly have been standouts there's been a fair bit of talk about Sophie Garbin as well hasn't there in GAGS in what she's been able to do Yeah, there absolutely has. And, you know, I'm so pleased for Sophie because she has got a bad rap from a lot of people over the last two years at Collingwood where um, Nicole Richardson, who is now here as a Diamonds assistant coach at Collingwood, has persisted with her in goal attack and Shimona Nelson in goal shooter. Now, I think many of us believe that that combination is not the right one to, to get success there at Collingwood. And who knows if they'll ever get a chance to play together again now that Collingwood's defunct and we have another Melbourne team coming in to replace them in the Super Netball League next year. But certainly Sophie here, while playing goal shooter, has absolutely you know knocked the socks off a lot of oppositions. And I think her best performance so far came against Fiji, where she shot 54 goals at 90%. And when you look at her accuracy across the three or four games she's played so far, she has been in that 90 percentile. So she's shooting a lot of goals. She's doing it at a high level. And so I think at the moment she's looking in really good shape. And, you know, beyond the World Cup and and everything that goes on here, she's probably playing for a contract in Super Nebel next year. And we know that signing window for Super Netball won't open until the World Cup finishes. So the day after the final happens, the signing window opens for Super Netball. So you can mm-hmm. imagine how chaotic that will be. 
But there may have been some talks, you know, here and there off the record with Sophie, we're interested in you, yada, 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 from clubs. But nobody can do anything binding until after the World Cup finishes. So she's very much playing here and proving that she's worthy of a Mm. Super Netball contract next year. Okay, so Malawi, in a little bit, what are your thoughts on the matchup and how do you see the Aussies going? Well, Malawi is a team that have had a lot of unrest throughout this World Cup. And I don't know if you've seen it back home, but... Yeah, there there was a moment a a few days ago where Mwakem Wenda, who many will be familiar with, one of their best shooters in the team from the Melbourne Vixens, she plays here in Super Netball, Um, she was sort of on the outs with the team because there was a game, I'm trying to remember who it was against now, they all blur into one, but (laughs) basically we were watching and Mwai was sitting on the bench and we were thinking, why is Mwai not on this game? Like, she's one of their best shooters. It seems very odd to see her sitting on the bench against, like, a top team sort of thing. They weren't playing a lower-ranked team. I think it might have actually been England yeah. or, anyway, one of those top-ranked teams. And so we were sitting there thinking, when is she going to be injected? Because this is, like, the the, the ga- they started really close, and then the game started to get away from them. And Mwai is still sitting on the bench, and we're thinking, what is going on here? So then... She comes on in the final quarter and at the they lose the match by a mile. And at the end of the game, we were sat in the presser and we asked the coach, you know, why did it take so long for you to bring Kamwenta on? And there was a fair bit of criticism about the way that their coach tactically approached that game and whether he should have brought Mway in earlier. So he was copping a bit of heat. Um, and he said something at the time like it was just a tactical decision. Mm-hmm. However, in the hours after that, the players in that group in Malawi felt like their coach was copying some unnecessary flack and they took to social media as a team without way in the video, mind you. So the whole team without way made this video and said, oh, we believe one of the reasons we lost is that Mwai didn't want to come on. She was asked to come on in the second quarter with two minutes to go, but she said it's not enough time to warm up. I'm not coming on. Now, whether that's against Mwai or not, to be ready to come on, um, and whether she should have been warmed up and ready to go, I think is a separate conversation to then the one about whether her teammates should have then made a video talking about sure. her without her in it and posted it to social media that then went absolutely viral. And they, you know, copped a lot of criticism for doing that. It showed that there was a divide in the team and Wade was perhaps on the outer. And so they did play a game after that. They beat Barbados with Mway starting in goal attack. And when we asked them about it after that game, they said, oh, it's squashed now. But apparently the head of state and the ambassador here from Malawi and Cape Town had to get involved and tell them to pull their heads in and get it going. So with all that context, they come into a game that's probably the most important of their um, their time here in Cape Town to play the Diamonds. So it will be really interesting to see. They are six in the world. They are a really good side how that is going on court and whether they're going to gel on court knowing there is that divide in the team at the moment. Yeah, uh, big game to come tonight for the Aussies. And, uh, yeah, it's not the team thing to be doing when you uh, lose a game to a quality side in England and uh, then coming out on social media without your teammate there. It's, uh, yeah, not a great look whatsoever. Uh, now, Brittany, just uh, one quick one before I do let you go. Focusing away from Australia, Grace Nowacki out for the remainder of the tournament. That's uh, really disappointing news for New Zealand. 
We were all devastated to hear that news yesterday. And I think as Australian fans, people think, well, that's great for us at Nowacki's Out. But, you know, it, it will help our chances. But we don't want to win against a side that doesn't have Grace Nowacki in it because she is an outstanding player. And many people have already been looking forward to Courtney Bruce playing up against her if the Diamonds do meet the Silver Ferns in, say, a finals or semifinals scenario. So we're all heartbroken for her. Um, the the incident itself looked quite innocuous because she talked tweaked her knee and then went off the court and then she had ice on it. But we spoke to the coach, Nolene Tarua, after the match and said, oh, you know, how is Grace? And she said, she's fine. She'll be ready to play tomorrow. And then all of a sudden scans say she's completely ruled out. So it's just devastating. Um, But it is the first time at a World Cup we have seen this sort of reserve option used because this is brand new uh, for this 2023 instalment of the World Cup. So every team has bought three travelling reserves with them in case this happens. And so New Zealand have been able to get a replacement player, which is key because in the past they would have just had to play on with one shooter injured on the bench. So at least there's that in place. But, yeah, just absolutely devastating for Grace Nowacki. The other person that's been ruled out in similar fashion is Lenise Potgita for South Africa. Mm. Yeah, disappointing news for them as well. We, we love seeing the superstars play, so, you know, we want them all involved when it comes to a World Cup. Similar over here with Sam Kerr being injured. We want to see all the big stars involved. Absolutely. And uh, it's unfortunate to see some of those big injuries. But, uh, well, the Diamonds, they're flying right now. Malawi to come uh, a little bit later on this afternoon. Uh, they'll play England later on in the tournament in their final game before the finals do arrive. Brittany, a pleasure as always. Thank you very much for taking the time. You've been really gracious with it, particularly being all the way in Cape Town. Uh, enjoy what's to come. Thanks for your commitment to netball. We appreciate it. Thanks, Brittany. And uh, there she goes, Brittany Carter from the ABC here on Sports Drive this afternoon.